0: Hey, welcome Kingdom Real Estate Investors to our Wednesday edition of the podcast show. This is an excerpt from our live real estate show we do every single week with business owners, real estate investors from all over the country. If you're enjoying this and you want to join us every week or see who our next guest is that we're going to be hosting this week, go to thekingdomrei.com forward slash live. That's thekingdomrei.com forward slash forward slash live to join us and register and again to see what special guests we'll be bringing on this week. Enjoy the episode. I see somebody's here. Brian, what's up, my man?
1: Hey, buddy. Happy Tuesday. How are you? Awesome, man. Just... uh... I think you are, you knew this already. I'm visiting family up in uh, in Idaho right now and they're getting blasted with some heat, but uh, uh, enjoying my time.
0: Man, if there's anyone who knows how to celebrate the fourth, it's my man Brian. Like, if you don't follow this guy, he's <laughs> just got, they, you guys do it big, man. You guys always do it big. So. Well, um, you know,
1: the, the the benefit, though, of being up here, Ellis, as opposed to San Diego, is uh, there are a lot of fields, A, and B, fireworks are legal, so uh, kiddos and I, we had a great time.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 um, cool, I, your your video's lagging, but I can hear your audio great, so we're just going to keep rolling, um, I think, I'm sure, if, if guys, if you have any issues with our internet or whatever, just type in the chat, let us know, um, but Brian, man, I'm pumped about today because you we just completed a syndication deal. I mean, this was one, of, was this your very first syndication like formally?
1: Yeah. As yeah. a
0: lead sponsor.
1: Yep. Yeah. This was my very first one. So a lot of lessons learned and uh, yeah, I mean, we just always get better at it. Like I, your intro was great You've been in this industry for a really long time, 17 years. Um, and one of the things, you know, that if you're in this industry or looking to get in this industry it's uh, it's, it's pretty complex and there's a lot of things to learn. I've been in here 17 years and I'm still learning. And uh, you know, there's always uh, new ways to learn how to do deals. And I, I worked for a company and we did deals a certain way and uh, there's just a whole host of ways to put them together. And I got exposed to Ellis, maybe like a lot of you through LinkedIn I'm part of his mastermind, and uh, for someone who's been in the industry for 17 years, just met so many great people, but also learned a whole new sort of way of of putting deals together, and that's and that's syndication It's brand new for me. I've been exploring it and tinkering about it, and through Ellis and in uh, his group, learned a lot about it. And yes, Ellis, this is my very first one. It, you know, this was a 506B, which of course you know. Uh, but very first one from a technical standpoint, I guess uh, all the deals that we put together may or, or may not have been syndications, but it was really uh, some family money putting you know, deals together. So it wasn't structured this way. This was a true syndication
0: so by the way for those of y'all who are joining um man i we're gonna get so much value out of it today if you don't know what a syndication is well you can google it but essentially just it's a it's a structure it's a partnership structure and there's there's kind of two parties involved in a syndication there's your general partner which is your managers people who are putting the deal together going out and getting the financing asset managing right like the the operators um which is brian in this case and then the other side of the partnership are the limited partners And this is kind of what makes a syndication a syndication is that it really is creating a partnership agreement between a general partner and a limited partner. And the limited partner are a group of investors who are completely passive, have no really managing rights, um, and their liability in the deal is limited. So they invest 100k into the deal, their liability is limited to the 100k that they have in the deal. And so very different from you and I going out and purchasing a a quadplex together and we're 50 50 partners and we're both taking on equal risk and we both have to be on the loan etc right so two very different um it's a very different structure syndication structure so just wanted to find what a syndication is um and what's nice about well I, i won't get into that this is actually what i want to ask you brian i want to start now that everyone's kind of on the same page is you've been in this business 17 years so you've been doing deals why why do a syndication now because it's not all gravy i mean you are now responsible for how many investors we have in this deal 35 investors i think we raised two and a half million dollars so now you're just taking on a, a lot of liability yourself in managing investors and raising money why now do a syndication deal why did you decide to go that route
1: yeah, so uh, the 17 years is, is really, it's like a mixed bag, right? I mean, uh, the bulk of those years I spent working for our family business, uh, which is self-storage. I mean, doing self-storage development. So my job there was to deploy family capital, go buy land and secure entitlements for self-storage facilities. And through that 10-year period, you know, I got to spend $60 million buying land. Well, you, you learn a ton, you know? So my background is really... Um, it's the development side, right? And not that you can't do syndication deals on the development side. I mean, that's, that's clearly what we would like to do. Um, the, the one that we're going to talk about today is a little bit different. It's not residential development or self-storage development. This has a unique business plan because I think the opportunity is right. But to answer your direct question, Ellis, like why now is I started my company in 2017 and you know it, it takes a Long time to uh, to be active, to be confident that this is the deal that I want to go. Um, uh, not only deploy my capital, the high risk dollars up front, uh, the pursuit dollars, but also uh, take other people's money and put the deal together. And so, um, you know, it's taken this long, and we have several in the pipeline. Uh, we've got three active projects underway now. But historically, I worked for somebody. I spent their money, right? So. Uh, why syndication? Um, mainly because I like the deal. If I had the money sitting in the bank, I'd do it myself, but I don't have two and a half million dollars sitting in the bank. So syndication was just absolutely perfect. Um I, I also from more maybe a philosophical level, like I fell in love with syndication from, from just a theory standpoint, not having done it yet. Uh, just because I see uh what real estate does for people creating passive income and generational wealth. I mean, I see it all around me. My family is one of those legacy families that has a lot of real estate. And there's not a whole lot of people out there that get to participate in that. And so it really, it gets me excited that I can take people that I've known for a long time that are engineers, uh, maybe they're, uh, you know, maybe they're a dentist, and, you know, they might have a great retirement, but they're not, um, they're not actively investing in real estate. And because I, they know me and they know what I'm doing, now that's open to them. If they're, not, you know, if they're not a fully accredited investor, if they know me for a long time and have that relationship, then they can put their money to work in real estate. And nothing makes me more excited to do that because I know long-term what that, uh, what that does for them and their family. Yeah,
0: no, that's beautiful, man. So um, by the way, I, I, wanna, I want people to see what you're talking about here. This is... Um... This is the deal. Just so you guys get a visual for what Brian just purchased. See if I can pull it up. So this is the Bay Park deal right here. This is the front of the building. This is the top of the building. And what's cool about this asset, just so you see, it's this is Mission Bay here, San Diego. We'll talk about the plan for the project later. I this this deal is done, purchased. We're not no, we're not trying to pitch it. I just want you guys to see it and get a cool visual. Um, and guys, make sure you post your questions. I mean, especially if you're new here, you've never done a syndication. Like, what are your questions you want to hear from Brian? Because what's cool about Brian is he has experience, but so many times, like you don't really get to hear someone who just did their first syndication. We're always bringing on people who've done it, you know, for years. And so gonna be able to be able to speak directly to you for like, you know, what are you going through? What are you scared of? And so um, Brian, that's my next question, man, is like, what was surprising about the process that, you know, you were excited to do it, but when you got in, you're like, oh, I didn't know that I, I should have known that or man, I wish I had more time to understand this like what was surprising both good or bad about doing your first vacation yeah. deal.
1: Yeah, it's um, a lot, a lot of surprises and, and not all of them were bad right? Um, You know, just, just surprises in general. I mean, having gone through this process, not this particular way, and we'll talk about some differences, but having gone through this process, purchasing property, essentially to sum it up, you know, many, many, many times, and there's always something to learn. There's always something different out there. So I guess having the foundation of knowing where I was headed, I know what it takes to get the deal done, um, and so I could, I could do a lot of things up front. Now there's risk to that because I'm spending money that I'm not going to get back. And we can sort of walk through, maybe I'll just take a few minutes and, and quickly walk you through uh, all the pieces that come to mind. And then we can unpack any part of that or dive in. But it's like, first of all, you got to find the deal, right? And that's, that's challenging in and of itself. It's not when you just find the deal. You, you got to have enough information and wherewithal to know that it's a good deal then you're probably competing with other people on the purchase price. Then you're probably going to need $100,000 to put into escrow you know that, that is refundable for a period of time. There's a lot of people that will wait on certain types of due diligence until they've got like a lender teed up. But I'll tell you what, if we waited to do our upfront due diligence for the lender, it would have caused a lot of issues. And so we had to go and get third-party reports, which any lender is going to require. And, but I knew that. So So what I mean is, knowing that this was coming, I could do this during our 45 day due diligence period. I can go get an multi survey. I can go get a property condition assessment. I got a zoning report. I got a phase one. It was already in the folder, ready to go. Uh, But if I waited to, 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 when we engage with the lender, because the process is so quick, those things wouldn't have got done because everybody's busy. It took three to four weeks to get those done. Our closing period was 30 days. So, the the there's a financial analysis that you're doing internally. There's third party reports. Uh, we hired Northmark Capital, um, who's a, 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 here in San Diego. I mean, they're they're everywhere, but um, here in San Diego to go find us a good lender that fit not not just our deal, but someone who's actually going to do what they say they're going to do. Which is, I mean, if you haven't used a, you know a st- structured finance consultant or a mortgage broker before on deals. They create, yeah, you pay them 1% of the fee, but they create a lot of value for the team and the process because the last thing you want to do is get into a closing period. You got $150,000 non-refundable. It's not coming back to you. And then the lender says, I'm going to change your proceeds, or uh, we're not going to do this deal, or we need another two weeks. I mean, all those things are going to blow up the deal. So we were able to find, kind of marry a a good mortgage, uh, the broker with a good lender and uh, they were terrific to work with. But then it's just, there's so many things in a 75-day period, Ellis, is what I'm trying to say, that, like, you're, you're all, you're working towards essentially buying this building, but everybody has, like, I, I need to go fill my file. I need to go fill my file. Oh, and, you know, obviously what we're talking about today, you need capital, <laughs> right? So there's just, um there's just a whole host of things that if you, if you know, you can plan and you can, you can kind of have like the roadmap to the 75 day closing day. But if you didn't know any of these pieces and the lender says, Oh, go, go get me a report. You go, Oh, I didn't know I needed that. And then, you know, you're past your closing day. You got to go renegotiate the deal. It's going to cost you money. Maybe not the deal, but I'll tell you what flip side from the seller and the buyer says, "Uh, Hey, I need another two weeks. I'm going to say, Hey, terrific. Why don't you take four and thousand dollars put in the account and i'll give you another two weeks you know i mean talk about puckering up <laughs> i mean it, it's like that is like yeah that you know, so from
0: a so from someone i mean starting like how do they how do we prepare for that like is it talking and meeting with lenders now and kind of you like how did you like you know how do you you know you find the property you went and did that i mean what, what is a way to prepare so that you don't get caught with your you know pants down like that
1: so when you're, I mean, even before you have the deal under contract, I think it's good to meet with. Um, so my my guy is uh, is Aaron Beck at Northmark Capital here in San Diego for this deal. I've known Aaron for ten years, and uh, he's a good individual. He's a he's a he's a faith based guy. We just are are aligned in a lot of ways. And so I met with Aaron, uh, you know, before we even made a, an offer on the deal, and said, Aaron you know, we're, we're buying studio apartments. It's not going to be agency decks. We've got a unique business plan. Like, what does this look like in the market? Because not only is he going to be real about, I can help you, but he's also going to give you some pointers on your underwriting. Like this is what the lenders that I know that might go after this product. Here's some of the things that they're going to be looking at. So when you're running your numbers, make sure you're doing X, Y, and Z. And that could be, that's not just rate, that could be points up front, points in the back. it could be points for, for uh, like a refi. It could be uh, like the stress test on the exit, which is, you know, it's different for every lender. So just making sure that you're doing things right. Does you know, okay? Because, you know, if you got a business plan, you're moving out tenants and then, and executing stuff at some point, you're not making enough money to pay the loan. So does that look okay? I mean, from a loan standpoint, there's a lot of moving parts, but Talk to them early. Don't wait. Talk to them early. Get some feedback on your, on your business plan, on your underwriting, and have them tell you that they've got six to 12 lenders that they can go to in the market tomorrow. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about the other side. Um, can you hear me okay, Brian? Yeah, I got you. All right. So um, my internet might be a little spotty today. I can call in if, if I need to do it um yeah great point ryan communicate early and often uh you know right away and this is what i'm talking about being a part of like a community a mentor somebody who's like has the experience so there's so much that you like who's your sounding board you know what i mean like what's the path and so i just highly recommend not going in this blindly but on the other side you know brian you have your lending then you have your your equity and jake's asked a great question why not just raise all the money well jake real quick on that is because investors cost you a lot more than debt. Right? So if you're raising all the money for the purchase, and you have to pay investors, let's say 10%, which is low. um, The point is, you're trying to not raise as much like you're trying to raise as little equity as you need, because it's the most expensive money out there. And so the bank will give you a loan for three to 5%. You want as much of that as possible. So Yes, Jake, you could do that. And that's what people do on like, you know, single family homes where you're just flipping them and you're talking about 500, you know, 500 purchase. But when you're raising two and a half million dollars for a five or six million dollar deal, that's not, you know, that's that's hard to do. Number one, to raise money. And then number two, it's expensive. And so that's why you really do want to try and get debt, bank money, right? Because it's just cheaper, um, even though it can be a pain in the butt. So Brian, let's talk about the money raising because this is a big part of syndication. You're doing syndication to raise money. Again, what it what 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 surprised you? What was you? What did you wish? And because here's the thing, I always get these emails, Ellis. I got this deal. Where do
1: I, where do I get the money? Like, what do you wish you would have done differently? Uh, well,
0: what was helpful Ellis, Ellis? you
1: taught me you taught me everything I know, dude. So uh, the the mastermind, no joke. The mastermind being a part of that exposed me to a totally different industry. Uh, a, a way, again, a way to do deals. And so through the mastermind, you're, you're, you know, you're, you've got people who are in this business doing stuff that I wasn't doing in particular. That I could, I could lean on, I mean, Ellis being one of them, uh, you know, and, and I could, I could literally pick up the phone and call any one of them and they'd answer and say, and I just say, Hey, I'm, I need X, Y, and Z. I mean, one of those was I needed a, I needed a, a, a good attorney. And I particularly wanted one in Southern California where I live. I, they don't need to be in Southern California. That was just a desire that I had. And Andy, also in Mastermind, connected me with a great guy in Southern California in Orange County. And I think the key there is, uh, it's, it's another one of those things that you know you have to do. Like you can't raise money before you've got like your documents finished and you better plan on three weeks to get your documents finished. Well, if you've got a 45 day due diligence period, at what point do you want to spend $15,000 that you're not going to get back before, you know, a deal's actually going to get done. I mean, that's just one of the many, many, many items, but it's a, it's a lead item. You've got to spend the money. You got to get your docs finished. And so we pretty much timed it to get our docs finished the same time that we were like waving all of our contingencies. Okay. So now, Underwood's got $150,000. That's not coming back to him. I'm in my closing period. And guess what? We've raised $0 at that point. Zero. Because I can't go uh, put a webinar together or talk to friends and family and say, hey, I've got a deal for you unless it's a deal for me. And it took me 45 days to get my arms around the deal. So that, that just puts you up like you've got 30 days to you know, execute with a lender and raise capital. So uh, when it came to the, the capital raise part, Ellis, you know, a, a couple of the people I reached out to in our mastermind I was talking like, hey, wh- what are you guys doing? How are you doing it? And this is, you know, th- the obvious would be, um, is it is does it make sense for Brian Underwood to, you know, sign up for like an investor reporter to help me facilitate the fundraising process? So I demoed some products, I talked to people and ultimately went with, uh, went with Simpro. Um, I love their product, I love what they're doing, and it, it helps someone like me scale. So I'm not coming out and paying $10,000 a year right out of the shoot. you pay per deal. Well, I'll tell you what, it just, it just created such a, uh, I mean, it was like a workhorse for me. Like we don't have the uh, enough time in the day to spend on the phone, to email, to do one-on-one webinars. Granted, I did all of those things, but I didn't have to only do those. I can rely on this technology to facilitate investors coming on board and some of them I didn't talk to at all. They just knew me, they saw the deal, and, and some of them asked great questions and some of them didn't ask any questions and they just and, and they just went for it. So so the things that I learned not having done Ellis like like the having just some sort of framework. Now mine was like it's my it's like I'm learning it as I'm going right now I know what I need to do. I'm learning as I'm going. Now Without a doubt, like we go, we got seven days in on the deal, and I'm like, okay, like I think we're gonna get to a million, a million and a half, pretty easy, but I need two and a half, right? And I can't spend because I'm one person trying to grow a business. I, I, I literally, I couldn't spend all my time fundraising. So that was the that was the shocker for me. Like, holy crap, Underwood, you gotta, you gotta now like table everything that you're doing. And just fundraise. Well, I was prepared to do it, but you know, God puts people in our life like Ellis, and you go, Ellis, does does this like do people function this way? I mean, this is like an ignorant question on my like. Do people help raise money for people? Ellis is like, yes, what I do. <laughs> hey, hey, buddy, let's let's figure something out because we would love to be able to partner with you and help us raise some capital. And we worked out a deal, and obviously, it, it, it's all in hindsight now. But I'll tell you what. Um, that my life would have looked totally different if if ellis and his team didn't come on board and help us raise capital to get this thing through the finish line that was a big surprise not that i thought it was going to be easy but i wasn't i did not dedicate the time needed to go raise capital period just didn't do it
0: well that and that, that's i'm really glad you brought this up can you hear me? i changed my phone my audio give me a thumbs up looks good sound good um this is what I'm talking about too, guys, that you're listening in, you know, the, the money piece. Like, it's so – you don't want to wait till you're in the deal to really start asking people or raising the money. To Brian's point is, you know, he had already kind of had a network, but he didn't have a big enough network. And I, I just – and he said that he couldn't go raise the money until he felt good about the deal. But let me, let me clarify this. What he's saying is that he didn't want to go pitch the actual deal the folks, but you 100% should be pitching your business or your idea or your type of deals yesterday, because what you don't want to get to what Brian's talking about is, I mean, it's a lot, like even for me and my team, like the reason why we just focus on the money so that Brian can focus on the deal is because when you're in this, it's it's all out, man, you're talking with investors, you're doing webinars, you're answering questions, so if you got to worry about getting the deal to the finish line as well, from an underwriting standpoint, from a lending standpoint, from a, you know, all the stuff that goes, that goes, goes into closing a deal. And your team's not that big. It, it, these are the things you for first time syndicators. Like I'm just bringing up to, to help you understand why it's so important to start building that email list. Now, warming investors up, getting soft commitments, right? So that you can send that email out. You have a process for getting investors to commit to your deals that's why I really – I like to – you know we use Syndication Pro for the first time this, this deal as well, and I, I'm a big fan now, not of just Syndication Pro, I don't care what you use, but of having a – this is what I say. You want to have an investor process. What is it defined? Is it laid out? Does it make sense from a limited partner, from an investor standpoint of how they hear about the deal, subscribe to the deal, put money into the deal? Right, And so if you don't already have that laid out um, for your investors, I highly encourage you to, to, really, to really do that, consider that, think about that, um, because it's a lot once you're in it. Um, so that's another fantastic point, Brian. That's what I'm saying. Like just, like, just going through this, talking this out loud, I'm hoping this is helpful for people. Is this, by the way, guys, um, um, th- those of you who are in the chat, Ryan, Jake, man, great to, great to see you guys. Bethany, thank you. Hello. Um, helpful so far. You know, And if there's any other questions you have about Brian's first syndication deal, um, please bring it up. By the way, welcome. For those of you who are kind of newly joined, Brian is a a business partner of mine. He's in a real estate mastermind. He just completed his first syndication deal. We're talking about that here. You're in the Kingdom REI Live weekly real estate mastermind, um, helping you turn your real estate hobby into a real estate business. And what we're talking about today, I think, is so incredibly valuable because these are the systems and processes that, if you want to do multiple deals, I mean, Brian, imagine trying to do two of those at one time, how difficult that would be.
1: Well, yeah. So, what and maybe i do not sure if I talked to you about this or not. I think I did, but it, it, it didn't matter. We, we're executing our business plan on Morena, but I definitely don't recommend if you're not already have systems built, systems in place. And you've been doing this and and have been successful at it. I mean, meaning you are actually raising whatever you need, subscribing, closing deals. Um, I wouldn't recommend trying to close two deals at once. And that was that was a lesson learned on my part because we did close a deal the, the the same week that we're trying to kick off fundraising for this deal. We bought a piece of property in North Park to build apartments, and that took seven days of my life to get that deal closed. Now it took 10 months before that leading up to this point. And sometimes you just can't plan on timing, but that was, a, a, that was another reason that it was like, I mean, Underwood doesn't have 100% of his time to go fundraise. I, I just don't. I mean, I'm doing, I'm trying to put deals together. There's a, there's a lot of moving pieces and I care a lot about the quality of work that we're putting out. So if I took all my time to fundraise, I'm dropping the ball on a lot of other stuff. And so, yeah, the, basically the day we waived contingencies, we were trying to get a deal closed. And now we had some systems in place. So we we, we kind of started that process. But I definitely do not recommend trying to raise money or, or close two deals at the same time, especially if you're just getting started. Build your systems first. So, Brian, go back
0: a little bit. Talk, I want to talk through the timeline yeah. real quick again, man. So you talked about – so. From the time you put this deal under contract, right? So put the deal under contract. We got the deal. You had how many days until um, – what, what, was money hard day one or no?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I had 10000 hard day one. Okay. So you were in 10K no matter what. How long until you no. were in? So then, uh, so we had a $100,000 escrow deposit, 10000 went non-refundable the day we opened, and we had 45 days due diligence. So in the 45 days, I could terminate for any reason that I wanted to, and I'd be able to get 90 back. Now, in that 45 days, of course, you're spending a lot of money that on reports and consultants that, of course, you're not getting that money back either. But in terms of the actual deposit, nine would have come back to me if we terminated within that forty-day uh, period. And and just what what are the standard
0: things when in those forty-five days for someone who's taken down their first indication? Like, what are the big milestones in that those first forty-five days?
1: Well, I mean, I, you're 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 talking with uh, your your mortgage broker. Absolutely, like you are you you're like. You're talking with them a couple times a week, letting them know, here's the new information I'm finding about the deal. Because at some point, like I'd call it two weeks into the deal, they've got their package ready to go out to the market because they need about a two week period to go market the deal before we actually start getting term sheets and then engaging with somebody. So you're starting that lender process pretty dang early. You're waiting on yeah, that's By cult. the
0: way, again, being in the and being in the business, you're not waiting to find your lender when you get the deal. Like in your underwriting, when you're making offers, this is when you're you're already talking to lenders, and you can have multiple so that you know what type of debt, etc., options are out there. So again, it's, again, it's not waiting till once I find the deal, let me go figure all this out. No, this is these are members of your team. I hope you're taking notes. Go find mortgage brokers. Right. Go talk to people that you can put on your team to help you start moving this stuff when the, when the ball gets rolled. Keep going, Brian.
1: Yeah, that's, no, that's, it, it, it's, it's, huge. It's invaluable. Um, the, the other thing is like, I call it like the shoebox. you know, it's, 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 it's like the, the property level due diligence from the seller. Okay. So some of this stuff you're going to get ahead of time, you know, if you sign like a confidentiality agreement, but, but you're going to get, you know, everything updated because sometimes they'll market the deal for a month and you want everything current. So those are things like, Give me the last three years of your your ls give me the rent roll, get you know, uh, give me all the expenses. Um, you know, I mean actual vendor like invoices. And so, you know, when you get all that information, sometimes it can take two days, sometimes it can take 10 days. They usually are pretty adamant, like give us 10 days, and that's a long time. Uh, so, you know, I try to press when I'm writing the contracts, I'm trying to press, like, you got to give me the information like day one, if you want me, you know, cause 10 days out of 45 days doesn't do much. Uh, you know, that just squeezes us down. So, but all that information you're, you're taking more internally. Now you can outsource that to people. Like if you want to work with an attorney to help you go through that stuff, that's fine. But I, we, you know, Sean, Sean and I do that stuff. Like we went through everything, you know, we verify all the leases. We're looking at the rent roll. We're looking at the PL and and really what you're doing at that point, not just not just sort of verifying the information, but you're also comparing all of that to your uh, your pro forma that you put together. Like what were our projections? Now, it should be pretty good because you had some of that information ahead of time. But again, you're just you're just making sure all of that is, uh, you know, the 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 I's are dotted and T's are crossed. And uh, it, kind of the day we open escrow, I'm engaging uh, I've done it a couple different ways. Uh, this particular deal, because of time is of the essence, we used a sort of a national firm called AEI to do our, our property due diligence reports. So you can go source people that are local to go do like a phase one. Um, I've, you know, i i I've, I've got those people, I've used them before, but I decided to go, I'm going to, I'm going to engage and do like one contract with AEI and they're going to go knock out my, my full reports that I needed. Uh, you know, that, is going to take anywhere between two and four weeks. We were more on the four-week side because everybody's busy. So, you know, you got 45 days due diligence and you're trying to get turn those guys loose as soon as you possibly can because you're probably going to get those day 30 of your 45 days. So then that gives you like two weeks to now, uh, if I need to go get a consultant to help me review the phase one, if there was an issue, uh, maybe there's a title issue, all sorts of stuff, right? That gives me a two-week period to try to flush all that out um, so I try to get those reports soon, but you know, those full reports is like 17, 18,000 bucks. So I, I mean, day one, I'm spending that and I know I'm not getting it back. If bad information comes back, not bad information from the consultant. I mean, like, oh, by the way, uh, you know, the, 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 the slabs broken, your foundation is like, you know, it's, you know, you're not going to buy that building. Why well, spend $18,000 on reports to, to then hand over to the seller and say, sorry, your building's crap. I can't buy it. Yeah, I don't get that money back. <laughs> so um, it's just part of the risk. It's part of it's part of the process. You just have to do it, and, and it's just good to get those things early. It's yes, it's money spent, but you just have to you just have to be prepared to spend it, guys. Yeah, like literally, when people come into our mastermind, I tell
0: them that it's several thousand dollars to be a part of. I'm like, you'll spend. Thousands of you'll spend this much money in, in one deal. Here's the thing: you'll either make it back or you can lose it that fast. That's why, I like, being in a community of people, mentors, why I talk about invest and in showing up somewhere, guys. Because like it is in this game, you're buying big deals. It just you can lose 15k in a heartbeat, and you can lose 20k in a heartbeat. And if you don't know what questions to ask, if you don't want the things to put in, you know into the contracts. Um, these are the things that you know are, are are really worth noting. Brian, last question here, and then we can open up to the room here. you know, in terms of partners, you have Sean, you know who was a partner, we came on as partners. From your perspective, you know from a, from the lead operator in this and people who are trying to put together a team here and want to do deals, what what you know was important, like what was kind of, I don't know if it was systematic or if it was mental, do you think makes a good partner that Sean checked off for you, that I checked off for you, you know, and, and everybody's different, but for you in particular and what might be helpful for those listening today in terms of kind of building your team um, from, from a managing standpoint, you know, what were you really looking for and what, what makes a good partner?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great question. Now, um, partners come in all shapes and sizes, right? I mean, to to your point early on in, in this webinar that we're doing right now, Ellis, I mean, my partners are my attorney, you know, uh, not everybody says the attorney is my partner, but trust me, they are. Um, they're on your side. They're helping you out. My, you know, my partner is Aaron Beck at Northmark Capital. I mean, no, he's not an employee of mine. But guess what? I'm choosing to hire him for his services, right? So, Sean and I, and and so I met Sean in grad school, 2009 at University of San Diego. We went and got our masters in real estate together. Sean's a third generation San Diego, pretty even uh, even kill guy. Um, he is extremely smart, and uh, it's it's not even back then. I sort of like had this epiphany that, oh, Sean and I might do deals sometime in the future, right? Now, we both went on our ways and, and, you know, spent 10, 11 years doing other stuff. But here we are now, this is now our third partnership deal. Like, he doesn't work for me. I don't work for him. He has his own company. I have my own company. Yeah, we operate under responsible real estate. He operates under responsible residential. But it's a deal by deal basis. We say, hey, you guys, you want to do a deal together? I choose to do deals with Sean because we're like-minded. We, we get along. Um, it's good to have disagreements to sort of sharpen each other, but not like philosophical or like long-term. Like, what do you want out of life? Um, you know, I for me, it's just like, I want to do business with good people because life is so stinking short. I see a lot of people getting in trouble uh, doing business with people they know they shouldn't be doing business with, but it got them the deal. And then they're, they're living that pain 10, 20 years later still. So um, yes, yeah, stuff happens. I mean, it's not, you know, I, I don't pretend that I control anything, but in, in agreements, you know, we, we do our best to put together what we agreed upon, you know, before tension rises, like in, the, in like an operating agreement, but none of them are perfect. I've read hundreds of these things. None of them are perfect. They're not going to handle every situation. What, what, what happens when tensions rise and you're out of disagreement, like how you get out of that, so it doesn't sink the ship is is doing business with good people, right? So um, Sean has characteristics that I like. I mean, he's a family guy. He's a Christian. uh, He's extremely smart. So he's competent at what he does. He's eager, like he he wants to go make it happen. Um, It's not now money is important. Don't get me wrong. We're talking about capital, we need capital to make stuff happen. But it's not all about the capital. It's not all about the money that we're going to make. It's the process and, and, and who you're enjoying it with, you know, going there, so, like going through that process with, you know, who we get to influence along the way. Um, and when it came time to, uh, to to say I had a conversation with Sean uh, after I after I sort of tested the waters with you, Alice, I said, Sean, you don't know Alice. I know him. I've known him for a year. Uh, he's a he's a great guy. See, Sean already knows like how much time I spend to see if it's somebody I would want to do business with. So when I come to the table to Sean and I say, Ellis is a guy I would do business with. He he's, he, he has trust in me. He knows like, Oh yeah, Brian goes out of his way to make sure he does business with good people. And to be able to partner with Ellis and his team to raise capital for this deal, like nothing makes me happier. Like I think about the time that I met Ellis, it was like March, 2020, uh, before the, the carpet got pulled underneath us. Right. And I met him and, and, uh, it's, it's wild for me personally to think about, like at that point, like God knew 14, 15 months from that day, I'd be reaching out to Ellis and say, Hey, do you want to raise some capital for one of our projects? And he's like, heck yeah, man, that's what I do. Let's roll. And, uh, and here we are. Right. So the, the, the surrounding yourself, man, with just quality people, that are competent and are eager to learn uh, and kind of everybody checks their checks their ego because ego can get in the way. Um, like that's the type of person I'm after, you know, that that's it in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful, man. I just, you doing business with people you like people you enjoy um, goes a long ways. We've, we've had several conversations with potential partners and it's a, it's like, I can't even explain now. Like it's so night and day when you um, find someone you really want to work with, like, and my other business partner Keith's on this, and he knows exactly what I'm talking about because we've entered in a couple of joint venture agreements, not really doing deals yet, but agreements. And some of them have been like refreshing and others are like, okay, if this process is hard, what do we think the deal's going to be like? You know what I'm saying? so, um, it is. It's so true. And I just be like, trust your gut guys, trust your gut on, on partners and partnerships. If you don't have a good gut feeling about it, it's just not worth it, man. It really
1: isn't. Buddy. Yeah. I, I just want to reiterate what you just said, uh, because I want to emphasize it. it it's, it is so stinking true. Like trust your gut. Now, one of the best ways one of the best ways to flush out what it might be like to do business with somebody is why doesn't everybody put together a memorandum of understanding and circulate it and have everybody sign it. It doesn't mean anything, but what it, it, it's, it's everybody coming together to say, here's, here's what we're going to go do. So I, I'm relating that to like your joint venture agreements. It's just a piece of paper. But I'll tell you what, when you are in a deal with somebody and it takes you four weeks to circulate a two-page document that they're still not ready to sign because they're picking apart words. I think writing's on the wall. I, I think you just know exactly what it's going to be like and trust your gut. Just be like, you know what? I mean, I I did that. I'm not naming any names. Um, I did that with somebody. Now, he, not not with somebody in this group, but it was a, it was like a friend of theirs, right? It was a friend of theirs that came to the table and it took us like four weeks to do this MOU and I called him up and, and my friend and I said, buddy, we, I can't do a deal with these guys. If they're out, call me back. And they got out and he called me back and we, we, we did the deal. But the point is, is like writing's on the wall. Like this is just not going to work. It, it can't happen. It won't function this way. We won't get a deal done period. So I just, yeah. it, it's such a huge point, Ellis. Yeah, that's great, man. That's great.
0: Um, Brad, I feel like you've hyped me up. I, guys, I do not raise a bunch of capital for everyone on the planet's deals. Really focusing on, I'm really focused on our mastermind community and growing that. And because I sit in a great community of operators, I get to see a lot of cool deals. And um, this one was really special because it was right here in our backyard. And we're going to make a lot of money for us and our investors. So I want to be part of it. Um, and it's been really fun, actually, Ryan. Most of the deals we've done have been out of state. So I've actually got to take multiple investors to the deal and, like, look at it. It's something about, like, have it in your backyard where you can touch. And look. that's why I love real estate as an investment because you can go and see it. You know, like, I own Tesla stock. But apart from buying a Tesla, like, it's really hard to see my investment, you know. Um, and so I, I, it's really fun to actually go and, and, and be a part of this. So, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a real joy to partner with, with you on this deal um and just again like that i can't i cannot stress enough just um uh, even then, i would say this like a lot of our early conversations weren't even in writing but it was a verbal agreement maybe there was an email or something we put something in an email just just for clarity's sake but like because there's a lot of trust there and and i and i tell my partners this all the time guys there is we've established so much trust here that we have got to protect this because bringing on someone else into that, like you're, you're, you know what I mean? Like that's a big deal. So if you, if you, it's you, you and your wife or you and your partner, you know, and you're looking for other joint ventures, just, you know, be cautious. But I would also say like partner, it's it's a, it's both and of like, be cautious because if you want to grow and scale, if you want to go bigger, like if you want to actually have a massive impact on this world, and on the kingdom of God, you cannot go alone. So if you want to scale your business, scale your portfolio, really serve more people, you have got to, you can't go by yourself. And so partnerships really are the key to this business. Um, rather than be investors, rather than be general partners, you're going to have partners in the deal. So um, really good stuff, Brian. Brian, where do folks go? What's your, what's your company's name, website?
1: Um, yeah. It's Re- Responsible Real Estate. The The website's responsiblere.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Googling Responsible Real Estate or Brian Underwood. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, B Underwood is my personal. You can find Responsible Residential. Hey,
0: no, no one's ever going to remember all this.
1: Responsible RE.
0: <laughs> Come on, bro. I thought one call to action. We, what we've talked about this many times. One call to action, guys. Hey, one hey call I'm
1: action. still I'm still learning. I'm still learning.
0: RE.com. Do not, a confused mind always says no. So you guys are always learning something here, no matter what. ResponsibleRE.com. Post it in the chat. Make sure you go check out my man, Brian. And uh, you can meet Brian if you join the King of at Mastermind or at least apply to um, be a part of it. You have to qualify. You um, have to be um, active in the world of real estate, putting deals together, or an accredited investor who is looking to potentially maybe just partner on deals from a balance sheet perspective, liquidity, and you'd like to just be around a great community and have access to deal flow and carve out equity for signing on the loan or showing your balance sheet or proving that you have liquidity because these deals, here's the thing. You can't get lending. Scott asked a good question. What else is the lender looking for? Well, you know, in order to even get qualified, you have to have experience. You have to have a balance sheet, the size of the loan. You have to have liquidity to 10% of the loan. And so someone's got to step up and do that. So if you're a person maybe who's had a successful career and you're looking to make money a little bit more easily, then that's a role you could play. Is just leveraging the success you've already had to qualify these deals and carve out chunks of equity for yourself. This is a great way to step into this business, come alongside great joint venture partners, and not actually have to do any of the hard work. So. Um, we do a webinar called the seven ways of problem real estate syndication. We go through that. Um, but that's, that's, that's also ways, you, you know, if you're looking to be part of this community, we, you could benefit from too. So Brian, anything else I man, got in, in the chat here, I'm, I'm curious for Brian gets out of here. Is there anything in particular you want to know questions we didn't cover? Um, go ahead, Brian. I'm gonna yeah, no, please, if anybody- please. If you
1: have questions, please, uh, please type them. I had, I had, uh, two, two thoughts I wanted to bring up that were are, are important. Well, one, one is a, a responsive attorney that's going to put together your, your documents. You want to be able to, to get a hold of them. You want to be able to talk to them and make sure that they're, you know, they have the information or if they don't understand uh, something that they're going to be reaching out to you. So responsive. But th- what I'll tell you is um, you can shorten that, that time period for your attorney to put together the documents if you have a really good business plan. So take the time to put the business plan together because your attorney is going to take that and put together the PPM and, and then the, the operating agreement is going to follow the PPM, but he can he can virtually, if you've got a good business plan, he might have one or two questions, but he can put together the entire PPM by that one document. And if you don't have that, that might take you a day or seven days to put together. And now you just kick yourself out more. That was one thing I wanted to bring up is just all these little things that, that you just don't really think about as it relates to the time. I mean, you're up against a, a timeline that once you agree to you've got very little control over it, that's the timeline and you got to do everything in that timeline so a lot of these things will help i i saw scott's uh, question here and ellis your one two five is is accurate like our particular deal scott which uh, i'm not sure if you knew this this level of detail on that on this side was um So we were, we, we, we wanted to fit, it depends on the lender is, is, is the question, but that doesn't really answer it. We wanted to fit in the lower cost of capital bucket of money. And so we, we were trying to basically raise enough capital to stay at that 65% loan to cost. Right. And we have, we're at 65% loan to cost. And then there's some things in there related to stabilization value. There's some things related to debt cover ratio, um, And ours is actually like a one, two, but they're also going to look at like a refinance loan. And so they'll stress test that. They want you to be at like a one, two, but they're going to put like a hundred basis points over uh, a loan that would be out there today. So if it's like a five and a half loan, they're going to stress test it to six and a half and you still got to hit that one, two ratio based on your projection. So anyway, there's, there's a lot of these little nuances in there and you don't need to understand all of that. What you need is someone you trust that can help you source a good lender and they can help you understand these things, look at your projections and help you fine tune it. So you don't, you don't have to like be a financial wizard. You just need a partner with someone that, that knows it. Yeah. Excellent stuff, man.
0: Um, Guys. Wow. Regan masterclass syndication 101, really 102, probably even some 201 stuff today that we covered. So really good. Um, I mean, I just think some of the big takeaways, you know, I'm here to, Again, you cannot, if you want to do this and do this well, and you're going to start taking investors' money, you cannot treat this like a hobby. This really has to become a business. Part of having a business is having processes in place for how you do things, written processes that you follow that other people can follow that make sense, Um, really building a team around you. And again, if that's not people that have ownership in your company, that's your team of lenders, um, your team of due diligence operators, right? Vendors. Um, And then capital partners, right? You you do not want to get stuck in this deal, have a great deal, and run out of people to call. Like, I've been there. That sucks. Um, So you can either go do the work now of of putting it together or go find people um, that you can partner with to help you raise some money. I think it's, again, partnerships are are the fastest way. You're one connection away. So, Brian, really good stuff, man. Um, Guys, really enjoyed doing this again. Uh, come join us in Frisco for our preview night. That's the kingdomri.com forward slash preview if you want to check that out. Or just learn more about our mastermind. We have a lot of our members. Brian, I think you might be on that page, kingdomri.com forward slash preview. Um and, and come join us for a preview night, dinner dinner on the house. We're gonna we're gonna do something really nice for, for folks in that area. So um, Brian, l- what, can't wait to have you back on this thing, man. Maybe we'll do an update, six, twelve months. Um Uh, on on this deal and kind of what we're learning as well i think it'd be something cool we could track i don't know if i told you this but we're shooting we're doing that for youtube so on my youtube channel we went and shot like this really cool kind of cinematic view of the apartment building over the day um it's going to be a cool asset that we'll get to use
1: man i can't wait to uh to share it with you once we once we're done editing very cool very cool yeah I, i i'd say absolutely i mean there's a, there's a whole business plan that we're going to take, uh, you know, on paper, it's 12 months to execute before we turn this into something really special. It'd be really neat to circle back six, 12 months from now and, uh, you know, have, have the pictures and, and sort of, you know, show
0: yeah.
1: It'd be very cool.
0: Yeah. For everyone listening, we're taking a 20-unit building here in San Diego, overlooking the Bay, you know, 40 years old, and we're going to convert it into a super cool, like really nice very different airbnb complex here in san diego and um we're going to bring 20 new airbnb units onto the market and uh but we got a design team here a local design team here in san diego helping us so six 12 months from now and you want to come visit us in san diego we'll have a place to stay for you as well and no we're not cutting you a discount because we're trying to make some money for our investors but you still can pay and show up and support the movement and, and be part of a great Airbnb. So don't be emailing for a discount if I'm not giving it to you because we're trying to make money, but you have a great place to stay and it will be still more affordable than a hotel. Um, so I uh, can't wait for that. And, and we'll definitely do that, Brian.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks, Dallas. Always fun.
0: I enjoy it. Absolutely, man. Um getting home safe and I look forward to having you back, brother. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you're a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to TheKingdomREI.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to EllisHammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers.